You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, and thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. This episode, I'm going to talk. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about grace. Um, I'm actually going to read you two chapters, so there'll be a bit of reading. Uh, we're going to go into Romans, uh, Romans 5 and 6, and we're going to discuss some of the things that Paul talks about um, concerning grace and concerning, you know, just the benefits of being a believer in Christ and, you know, what, you know, what grace is and understanding it. And um, I know that... Um, I know that grace is a hot topic. Uh, it's a no-go zone when it comes to uh, the church. And uh, I understand that uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. Believe me, I understand that. Um, and, uh, I mean, my, my pastor's been preaching about grace for about a year, uh, this whole year. Um, and... Um, and so it can, uh, talking about grace, um, can really, um, um, it really messes with the Christian world and it shouldn't because, um, grace is there for us. Um, but, um, growing up in the church, I did grow up in the church. And I grew up mostly in the Pentecostal and Assemblies of God, um, a little bit non-denominational, but mostly in Pentecostal and Assemblies of God. So I'm well aware of, um, of how finicky people can get when it comes to the subject of grace and how uh, easy it is to talk about um, Christians and sinning and um, you need to live you know, holy lives and things like that, which is fine. I, I mean, it, 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 you do. Um, but there's not a lot of grace in the subject. Um, there's not a lot of preaching about grace in the positive. There's a lot of negative about grace. Um, there's the people that talk about, um, what is it? Greasy grace. And, uh, there's whole books about, um, about how deceptive a you know, how people can be deceived when it comes to grace. And there's whole books and podcasts, episodes and, and videos and things like that about, um, the dangers of grace. Um, and also, uh, you know, it's right on track, honestly, <laughs> with, uh, those that speak out against Holy Spirit. And usually the ones who speak out against grace are also speaking out against Holy Spirit. However, uh, the Christian church as a whole has a problem with grace. Um, a lot of disclaimers have to be done before talking about grace. And um, honestly, I think a lot of the disclaimers and having to do disclaimers, it, it, it even even then it sets a um, it's almost like um, a putting chains on yourself. You know, even doing the disclaimers, you know, and so I'm not going to put any disclaimers on this, uh, on this episode. And quite honestly, I've gotten such a revelation of grace this year, um, uh, and just throughout 
uh, being in revival that um, that I I'm not going to excuse myself um, when talking about grace, and I quite honestly am not going to give a disclaimer when it talks about grace. I'm I'm not going to give you that border uh, because you don't need that border because. Uh, the Bible never gives you that border, um, in, in a sense, you know, but you know, if you, if you read, um, like we're going to read, like I said, Romans five and six, and even in that time, um, Paul is having to, um, be specific and elaborate on some things when it comes to grace, because even in that time, the subject of grace, um, I think a lot of people were um, missing the point and, and didn't want to listen because rules are fun, you know, for a lot of people, especially for those that are in the church that are not born again, that are there, that the enemy is using for, to, to control the church, to uh, manipulate the church, to lie to the church. Um, the, the Jezebels of the church do not like grace. Uh, they like condemnation. They like rules. They like regulations. They like control. They like manipulation. They like to lie to people. They like to, uh, keep us bound and chained and, 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 and rules and rules and law, you know, and, um, and we're not to live that way. And that's something else that's going to be in Romans five and six, but we're not to live that way. But we have seen the church over time, and I really believe that that's a lot of what's going on in the, in the church today. A lot of what's going on in the church today is because of a lack of grace. Um, and, and I know that there's a lot of other issues, and there's social issues, and there's issues in the world today that, uh, that can be talked about and can be faced. As, as a matter of fact, they have been talked about in the church. You know, pornography has been talked about in the church. Uh, child sex trafficking has been talked about and preached against in the church. Homosexuality um, has been talked about and preached in the church. Um, uh, lifestyle, you know, uh, unbiblical lifestyles have been talked about and preached in the church. Um, it's it's the those things, abortion has been talked about and preached in the church. These things have been talked about. Um, these, these issues, uh, um, uh, discrimination, racial discrimination, uh, gender discrimination, all these things have been talked about, preached about uh, in the church. And, and there are old recordings of this stuff being talked about, like from the 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 fifties, the sixties, there are transcripts from the where you know before then that we can read where these there are a lot of these issues that have been talked about in the church. Uh, this stuff has been preached. You know, we we have heard this um, uh, in the church. But what what is not talked about, what is not preached about, what um uh, what we're not facing today is um is the truth of the the matter there's a not an efficient effective gospel preaching um we're adding numbers to our church without adding salvations to be honest we're um having to face the fact that the church uh the majority of the church is not born again 
uh, because we're not preaching an efficient gospel, because we're not, uh, because we're at, we're too busy adding numbers and members to a church instead of salvation. Um, so we're bringing people into the church, but we're not bringing in a harvest to the kingdom. You, you understand? And with all that being done, we're having to preach to our church about holiness, about what it means to be a Christian, about what it looks like to be a Christian, about having to um, uh, uh, talk like a Christian. We're having to do discipleship classes in order to look sound and be a Christian. There are certain denominations that their denominations have separated from other churches because of the basis of what it's supposed to look like to be a Christian or sound like to be a Christian or KJV only or ESV only or the message only and 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 uh, long sleeves on men only and button down shirts on men only and no pants on women only skirts and they must be all the way to the ankle and uh Shirts have to be uh, long sleeved or three quarter sleeved. No short sleeves on women. Uh, women should have long hair only. Men should have short hair only. Uh, women should have something on their head to cover the top of their head only um, uh, or their hair in a bun. Women shouldn't wear makeup. Women should be light on their makeup. Women should, you know, there's all this stuff. There is all this stuff. And, and I do, and I will admit that there are some things in the Bible that talk about some specific things, but if you understand the context of why they're talking about it, you'd understand why it's talked about. Um, but we're not getting into that right now. What we're talking about and what we're getting into is the fact that grace isn't being preached and the truth is not being preached because we're so busy trying to keep our church looking and sounding and acting like Christians and all we're doing is making cookie cutter Christians and, a f and false Christians that are dying and going to hell. That's what we're doing. And we wonder why the world looks like it looks today. And we wonder why there's depression and suicide and anxiety and all these other mental issues in our church today. And we wonder why... Uh, um, there's um, um, social issues in our church today. You know, you know, we, we wonder why we have to talk about all these other things in the church today. Let me tell you why. Because we don't have, we have, it's because we have cookie cutter Christians instead of legit believers in Christ. And we're not preaching on grace there is no, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's the concept of condemnation. There's a concept of living right. There's a concept of rules and regulations, but there's no concept of freedom, true freedom and living in victory in Christ Jesus and having the joy of the Lord and trusting in him and relying on him and sitting in his, sitting at his feet and casting all our cares upon him and, and taking on his burden because his yoke is easy and his burden is light and understanding that that's grace. That's the grace of God. But we don't have that because we're too busy preaching against grace, which would actually give us freedom because those that preach against grace don't understand the concept of grace and, and they don't understand the revelation of grace and they don't understand that grace brings freedom into the lives of Christians because they are too busy trying to keep their churches from uh, being uh, uh, overcome by sin because the majority of their pe people in church are not born again. 
that in a nutshell is what we're facing today. And, and we, we, we have to end up uh, taking care of all this social reform because a lot of it we've done because we're not preaching an effective gospel and we don't have true believers in the church and we're not preaching on grace. We're not talking about grace. There's no grace in our church. There's no grace in our churches today. There's no freedom. There's no joy in our churches today. And so God has to bring revivals in, 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 in this earth, on this earth to, to bring uh, the revelation once again of what it means to be a child of God and for him to be father. To bring the revelation again uh, and reviving us and the understanding of joy and what it means to have joy. And, and, and reviving and bringing a revelation again of, of uh, understanding of, of, of the gospel and the fire of God. And all these other things that the same people that preach against grace usually preach against these revivals. But it's, it's, it's being revived. It's coming back to an understanding and a revelation that most of us had when we got born again that has been slowly uh, pulled out of us by the church because so much of the church, so many of the church don't understand. And he, and, and right now the bride, the bride is corrupt right now. I'm, I guess I'm just going to give it to you black and white right now. The bride is corrupt. She is not washed in the word. It's true. It's very true. We're so busy. We're so busy taking care of the things that would be taken care of if we were truly preaching an effective gospel. And if our people truly were born again. Let me, let me, let me tell you something that should, that may rock your world. It might just rock your world. Okay. The pastors in the church shouldn't have to be the ones preaching the gospel. Now they can preach the gospel, especially if somebody new comes into the church and he, they don't know who it is. Sure. Preach the gospel. Go for it. But the pastors in the church should not be the ones that have to preach the gospel. It's what the people in the church are for, going out and preaching to all the world. He is there to build up the church. He is there to shepherd those that are the Lord's, those that belong, those that are adopted in, in, in Christ, those that have been grafted in to, into Abraham, into the tree of Abraham, the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's there for them. That's who, that's who the pastor is for. The pastor of a church. It's the believers in Christ that go to that church that should be preaching the gospel. The pastor should not have to be busy doing these things. That's not what they're there for. If we're going to be real honest, if we're going to be real honest, a believer in Christ can go and preach the gospel. A believer in Christ should have an understanding of what the gospel is because they themselves are born again and they know what, what, what changed their lives forever. We, we all know those of us that are born again, 
what what struck our innermost being and caused us to cry out to for salvation and for God to answer and to change our very lives and why we are a new creation and the old things are gone away and all things have become new. We as believers in Christ should know what happened to us. And if you don't know what happened to you, I would call him to question your salvation. Wow, this was going to be one on grace. <laughs> but this is very important. This is this is so important. I mean, like, Lord and I have been talking. Jesus. The Lord and I have been talking. He's been keeping me up in the middle of the night. He's been talking to me. And I usually journal, you know, I usually write about what the Lord and I talk about because in some, sometime at some point, it, the Lord, you know, is going to bring it up to me and remind me of certain things or, or call me back to those things and, and speak it out and be prophetic about it. Um, and, uh, and so I usually can, can write, you know, um, uh, journals upon journals of things that the Lord, uh, has been talking to me about, uh, which, uh, in that case, um, honey, if I, my honey's a kilted preacher, honey, if you're listening to this, I need another journal. I kind of need another one anyway. <laughs> um, but the Lord and I have been talking and he's been keeping me up at night. Just, just talking to me. I absolutely love listening to him. Like, if you guys can just, when you're spending time with him, just be quiet and just put your spirit man to attention and just open your ears and hear. You can hear him talking. He'll talk to you. Oh, he loves ears that are open to hear. He loves to have ears open to hear, eyes that are open to see, for him to give them visions of, of, of what he's telling them. It, he, he loves it. He loves a child that will listen. Um, but we've been, we've been talking about, and he's been sharing with me, about, um, about the bride and about the church. And, um about preparation and and we 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 talk about revival I, I talk about revival I mean it's glorious but revival is a reviving it's a bringing back to and and it's a bringing back to your first love it, it's coming back to where you're face to face with God once again and and in that place of being face to face with God once again you have a choice of being uh, willing and yielded to his presence and letting him do whatever he wants to do with your life and being completely undone and completely changed and cleansed and healed and, and re just revived once again, brought back to life uh, from the nonsense, from the nonsense that has plagued you for however long you've been a believer in Christ. So he revives. That's what revival is. And, and, and we talk about it and we talk about how great and glorious it is. And it really is. I mean, whatever God does is good. It is so good. 
but we we need to come to an understanding that a lot of the reviving he's doing now is because he's preparing his church. He's getting his church ready. And what he really desires are for the people that have lived cookie-cutter Christian lives to be born again. So those people in your church that are not born again, he so desires for them to really know him the way he is, not the way you've said he is, not the way you've said that it has to be done, for them to really understanding a relationship with Christ. It's so very important. He wants us to go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But we have creatures, we have people in our churches that are not born again, including our children. Like, we've got the next generation right there, either in the same room that you're in or in the, the next rooms. And, and they're, you know, they need to hear the truth, too. They need the gospel, too. They don't need to just be entertained long enough for the parents to come get them. They need truth. They don't need to be, they don't need truth away from what's going on in school and yada, yada, yada. They don't need social stuff. Because to be quite honest, when they're born again, all those other things will be taken care of. That's what's so vitally important. Salvation in the church is so vitally important because when salvation comes to the church and people are born again, the understanding of grace and all those other things that we think we need to talk about and we think we need to preach about, we don't need to do it anymore because the church is unified. The church is suddenly one voice, one heart, one mind. And, and there's grace in our lives and there's joy and there's freedom and there's an understanding of the power of the word and the fire of God and, and signs and wonders follow all the time. Healings happen all the time because that is the Christian church. That is the simple Christian church where those things happen all the time because that's just church. That's not revival. That's church. Reviving is for refreshing, it's for building back, it's for getting you back to ground zero, which is eye to eye with Jesus at his feet at all times, looking to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. That is revival, is bringing us back. But all those other things, salvation, healing, signs and wonders, that is everyday Christian life. And when we have an understanding of what is really needed in the church, which is salvation, in the church and grace and Holy Spirit being Holy Spirit led in the church instead of business led in the church, we will have a bride that is pure and holy and spotless and is prepared for what is going to happen next. Because it's coming, the end is coming. Are we prepared for the end? And it's not how many times you go to church. It's not saying the right things. It's are you born again? And do you have the freedom to stand on what is going to be tough sometimes? Do you understand that sitting at his feet will do more than being on your own? And doing things. Do you understand what the Mary life is? Do you understand keeping your eyes on Jesus? What that means. And setting your face like Flint. Knowing what's coming your way. 
and having the peace and the understanding and the joy and the freedom to, 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 to come against it head on. Knowing that this fight isn't your fight, it's his fight and he has the victory and no matter what, you will win. That's, what, that's what's coming. And we have to have an understanding as believers in Christ to know what, what, what needs to really be done. What really needs to be faced. What we really need to be doing. And let me tell you something. This understanding of, of, of all of this has come from grace. It's all come from, from having this revelation of grace. And what grace means. And grace is, I'm a child of God and he is satisfied with me being his child. He is satisfied with me just being who I am. In him, looking to him, trusting him, believing on him. Where my eyes are on him and I'm at his feet and I'm saying, it's all about you, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's go for it. And I will always give you the victory, little one. And I said, I'm so weak in this. Be my strength. And he's like, I'll be your strength. We will get through. We will make it. And he's completely satisfied with me being at his feet. He doesn't need me to have trophies and certificates and degrees and, and all that's fine. You want to pursue that, go for it. And the Lord's telling you to pursue it, go for it. But he doesn't need that to happen or need for everyone to have it in order to be a, a child of God. He doesn't need you to be something great here in this world in order for you to just be a child of God and for him to love you, for him to love you. You don't have to have this whole theological background in order to be a preacher. You don't have to have this, this, this certificate or this great theological background in order to, to preach the gospel, to start a church, to do all these things. He will bring revelation to you. He will give you all that you need. If you just stay at his feet and you keep your eyes on him and you trust and you stay you stay in his grace and you go to the throne of grace boldly every single time you're in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do about this. And his grace is sufficient for you. You, you, you realize that you need to love people more. <laughs> go boldly to the throne room of grace, sit at his feet and keep your eyes on him. And I guarantee love will flow out of you like nothing else. It's the grace of God that has made us free, that has, that has given us freedom. And the church doesn't have freedom and the church doesn't understand grace. And, and she's, 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 she's not spotless. She's pretty corrupt. The bride needs revival. The bride needs salvation. The bride needs the bride of Christ needs salvation. Grace and the preaching of the gospel are vital to the house of God right now, to the bride of Christ right now. We need to preach the gospel. 
for those that are lost, those cookie-cutter Christians that are lost to be born again so they can understand the grace of God, so they can give freedom in the church, so there can be a revival for those that are tired and, and that need refreshing, and, and, and so that we can put our faces like flint on Jesus and we can run the race and we can finish the course. That is so important and this is so essential and this is so vital for the church today. So vital. We need to be looking within our own body. Yeah, sure. Let's go out and let's preach. Let's do it. I love it. And it's so easy to preach the gospel when you understand grace. When you're in a revelation of grace, it's so easy to preach the gospel to people. There's so much freedom and they get freedom and it's so awesome. It's so awesome. You're able to freely speak about uh, the sin and the law and, and what leads us to Christ, which is law and the revelation of sin on ourselves and how we need Jesus. And, and we need to look to Jesus and we need to repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in him and what he did for us on the cross and how three days later he came back from the dead so that we can be free, so that we can be children of God. So we, we can no longer have to live in the drudgery and the corruption and the nastiness and then the, and the, the slavery of sin. And we can be children, sons and daughters of God forever and ever and he will love us and he will encourage us and he'll build us up and we will be who we were meant to be on this earth from the moment we were born from the moment that that he knitted us in the womb we will finally be who he called us to be who he designed us to be so it's so good to preach the gospel but it's so good to preach the gospel when you understand grace and, and the ease and the effectiveness of it when you understand grace. So it's needed. It's needed in the church. Now, I want to, uh, before I get to an hour, just talking about this, I want to read Romans 5 and 6 because um, I do feel it, it like it's, it's a need. Okay. And I'm going to read it out of the NIV. Okay. Here we go. Therefore, this is. Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now received, we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, 
Just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, as Adam, as did Adam, sorry, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. 4. If by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that was Romans 5. And, and um, I, I love it. I love it how it, it, it explains grace and how grace came because, because of sin. Like sin came into the world because of Adam and grace came into the world because of Jesus. It's so awesome. <laughs> okay. And the law was brought in so that we would be aware of, of sin. And that awareness of sin and the need for salvation. Okay. Now, Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be, be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our, old, that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, 
He died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, that benefit you you reap, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So much victory in those two chapters of how we we no longer live in, in, in condemnation. We no longer live in, in sin. Yes, our flesh is, is human flesh and and it will um it will be tempted and we may fall. But just like Proverbs says, though the righteous man may fall, he sure seven times he's sure to get up again. And that's where grace comes in. He's a righteous man. He's righteous. He's been counted um He's been counted by God as righteous. So he understands, he understands grace. He should have an understanding of grace. And he, and though he falls because he's human and he's fallible, he will rise again. And that's where grace comes in. You rise again and you come up again and you keep on going because you're clothed in righteousness, because you have the grace of God, because you know you're not a slave to sin. You're, you're, you're a child of God. You're a child of righteousness and you keep on going. Your mortal body does not have a hold over, over you any longer. You're a child of God. Your spirit man is what's leading you and guiding you. It, it is, it is master not your mortal body, not your flesh. And so you no longer have to live under the condemnation of sin and death, but into, unto life. And when you understand what grace is and the concept of grace and what grace means and understanding that you no longer live in uh, according to your flesh, but according to righteousness, uh, uh, according to the spirit, um, and, and, and understand 
what that means and how you can keep going and you don't have to sit and whip yourself because of something wrong that you did because you're fallible and you understand grace and that Jesus didn't die every time you sin, but he died once and for all. You you died with him on the cross. Your sin was was buried, was removed by his blood, and you were uh, you were brought back to life through his life. When you understand what that means and the grace that's been given to you in order to keep on going every day, even though you're human and you're fallible, you understand what it means to rise up and keep on going because you are righteous. You live in righteousness. You, you are covered in Christ and you never have to live in condemnation again. And you would understand that that doesn't mean that you'll keep on sinning. That actually is the opposite, that you will continue to look at Christ, who is the author and finisher of your faith, who is the one that died for you, who is the one that took on the punishment for you. And you, you, you understand that you when you keep your eyes on him and you live in the place of grace. That, that, that doesn't cause you to fall into sin and to keep on sinning. It is the exact opposite. When your eyes are on him, sin isn't going to come between you. When your eyes are on him, sin isn't going to block him. When your eyes are on him, it's you and him and you will walk in righteousness and holiness and all those things that the, the church uh, uh, pushes and pushes for, for the church to look like, for, for the church to be. But when you understand grace, that's not an issue anymore. It's good to remind, but it's, it's, it's not an issue anymore that has to uh, plague the church anymore. The bride will be spotless. The bride will be spotless. The bride will be clothed in Christ. The bride will be where she's, she's meant to be. And she'll be prepared for anything because the grace of God is upon her. And that's what's so important. And that's what I needed to talk to you about. We need to live a life of grace. The church needs to be covered in grace. The church needs to be preaching about grace. The church means the, the church needs to be preaching the gospel, an effective gospel. So the cookie cutter Christians can get born again and understand grace. And then all those problems that you have in your church will suddenly disappear. They really will. They really will. I might talk about this again some other time in another episode. Um, but uh, I'm going to just kind of end it right here and um, really encourage you that if, um, if you find yourself that you're not living in grace, take a moment to, uh, to walk through and ask yourself, am I born again? And if I'm born again, why am I not living in grace? And go through the Bible and read about God's grace and the goodness of grace. Read Romans 5 and 6 again. You live in that freedom that he talks about. You live in that grace that he talks about. No longer be captive to sin and captive to your body and your flesh, but, but live in the freedom that your spirit has given to you. As, as a born again believer in Christ, live in freedom, live under, live under grace. You're no longer under the law. You're under grace. Live in it. And uh, tell others about it. Tell others about Jesus. Tell others about what he did for us. Um, and, and find what the freedom, what, find out what that freedom of grace can do for you. Okay, if you have any questions, Instagram me on Aubrey CD Speaks. I will be happy to answer uh, or pray for you or whatever you need. 
Um, and uh, until next time, be blessed. <laughs>